Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Lucy Arnaz. You're listening to TV Confidential. Deb Robertson, welcoming you back to TV Confidential. We're going to talk to you about television. Very happy to welcome back Mr. John Burlingame. John Burlingame, the foremost authority on the subject of music for films and television. John Burlingame, of course, regular contributor to Variety, while his Byline has also appeared in such publications as the New York Times, the L.A. Times, the Washington Post, Hollywood Reporter, many, many others. He is also the author of five books, the latest of which, Music for Primetime, will tell you all about in just a second. John Burlingame, it's been, I don't remember the last time I had a chance to be in the same room with you, but it is a welcome site. You are a welcome site for Sorise. Oh, and it's so much It's so much fun to be back here. Thank you so much for having me. Your book is called Music for Primetime. It is a completely revamped edition of one of your other books which came out about 25 years ago which which tells the backstory of all our favorite tv themes tv uh, theme songs and how the various styles and, and 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 approaches to music for television has changed over the years now we're both about the same age we're both baby boomers um and being being baby boomers, certain TV themes have been very important to us and are just in our enjoyment, to like, like like songs on the radio. But I understand that until recently, critics kind of turned their noses on music composed for television. Why is that? It's really true. I mean, I, I when I when I wrote the first edition of this book back in 1995, nobody took TV music seriously. It was like. Uh, it was like, oh, those minute-long jingles that you get in your head. They're not, you know, no one cared about who wrote them. Nobody cared about, uh, nobody took it seriously in the sense that this is a real craft that's rooted in film music, which in, which, which in turn is rooted in classical music and jazz. There's a, it's all a, a sort of a kind of grand continuum, particularly within American composers, who, you know, in many ways uh, either invented film music or sort of inherited movie music as um, part of their skill set. So nobody took it seriously, and I and it's particularly bothersome to me that most television critics did not pay any attention to music on, on television. Yeah. And it was always astonishing to me as a kid who grew up not only loving music, but participating as a, as a young musician and as a singer in church choirs, that kind of thing. I kept thinking, well, 
Why doesn't Senate anybody not only pay attention to this, but celebrate it? Because we grow up with these themes, we love these themes, and if you spend any time at all watching a favorite uh, or a classic television show, and you're at all attuned to the work that goes into a score that's making you feel something, happy, sad, tense, whatever, um, it's a real craft that needs to be, I think, discussed, examined, and celebrated. It's another way of telling a story. I mean, I have, I, I have great respect for songwriters. I have great respect for jingle writers because you have to, t- uh, you, you have to tell a story in 30 seconds or less with the beginning, middle, and end. And in the case of music, music written expressly for television movies or television series, You've got to come up with a piece of music that captures the essence of what the producer, what the creator of the show, mostly the producer, wants to do, but also kind of put your own unique stamp on it as as a musical composer, right? Yeah, that's exactly right, Ed. I mean, what you're talking about here, I mean, and my favorite phrase that you just used was storytelling. Yeah. This is musical storytelling. And and all of uh, all of our visual media today, films, television, games, whatever, is a kind of combination of the arts. There's writing involved. There's directing. There's acting. There's production design. There's costume design. There's editing, and there's music. All of which combine to tell the story. And what's great about the contribution of a composer to a television show is that it sets a style. It gives us some idea of where we are and what the vibe of the show is. And uh, what the what the general uh, appeal is going to be, whether it's a comedy or it's a cop show or it's science fiction or it's uh, action adventure, you know, all of these things, they're all genres. And that's how I broke the book up is by genre, because I just thought it was the best way to kind of tell a chronological story in each realm of, of, of TV f- filmmaking. Um, so, yeah, and, and it's true, you do as a composer lend your particular stamp to each one of these. So Earl Hagen lent a particular vibe to the Andy Griffith show and the Dick Van Dyke show and I Spy. And Mike Post and his partner Pete Carpenter uh, gave a particular vibe to the Rockford Files and and Hill Street Blues and L.A. Law and NYPD Blue. Um, And Jerry Goldsmith, the great film composer, gave his own particular stamp to Dr. Kildare and The Man from UNCLE and Police Story in Room 222. So, and it's it's just all, and in each case, these guys not only put a stamp on the shows, they put a stamp on us. Yeah. It's the soundtrack of our lives in many ways. Well, because um, uh, you say this, you say this at several points in music for prime time, John, a good TV theme song or TV theme music puts you in the it puts you in the mood to watch that show. Whether it's Rockford Files, whether it's the FBI, whether it's Laverne Shirley, whether it's Happy Days, and and that's and and and, and I think that's why for so many of us of a certain age, these TV themes are like they're they're, they're part of our DNA. I mean, we may not know how much money's in our bank account right now, but we could we we could recite all the words to Gilligan's Island That's or It's right. About Time or any show by Sherwood Schwartz or, or any of the great artists. And John Burlingame not only tells you the backstory of so many of these great songs, virtually every great 
theme songs. He he talked to more than four hundred composers, um, four hundred uh, archivists. You know, people like John Elizonde, who was the archivist for for Quinn Martin. Many many people, and so he not only tells you the backstories of all of our favorite TV themes, he gives you a glimpse of the people behind those themes. It's a wonderful book called Music for Prime Time: A History of American Television Themes and Scoring. Available. Oxford University Press, bookstores everywhere, as well as, of course, Amazon.com. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Go back to our first question a little bit about how it seems short-sighted to, at least in in the beginning, critics kind of thumb their noses at TV music because it's, it's as disposable as television itself. And yet, as you pointed out a little earlier in our conversation, many great musicians either left their mark or either got their start or they went from other forms of music or, or mo- uh, making music for movies to television. Uh, I mean, you, you listed Earl Hagen as one example. Um, Nelson Riddle wrote a lot of stuff for you know uh, television in the 50s, and, uh, in the 60s and 70s. Henry Mancini, uh, Mike Post, uh, so many others. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely true. Um, one of the fun things about doing this book was finding out how many major names in 20th century American music actually wrote either TV themes or TV scores. When you think about the cop show genre alone, you've got a theme by Duke Ellington for The Asphalt Jungle, mm-hmm. a theme by Count Basie for M Squad, a theme um, in the sort of dramatic realm by Dave Brubeck for Mr. Broadway. Mm-hmm. And there are either 45s or, or LPs for all of these scores. You know, it's amazing that you can actually uh, you can actually find probably 10 or 15 minutes of Duke Ellington's score for the pilot of Asphalt Jungle on 45s or LP. Yes. That, and, and it's really extraordinary, and people don't even think about that. This is the beauty of YouTube. There are other platforms where you, where you can find the full albums, but if you're looking for something a little bit extra, you can find a lot of... And and, and not just, and, and not just you know, uh, the, the themes or some of the underscores for these shows, but... Um, in many cases, it's it's it is it is high definition. It is as close to good as to pristine quality as you would find on other platforms. And so that's, and so it is it is it, it's great for me because as, as as I'm looking for bumper music and, and, and stuff, you're always amazed at I'm always amazed at what I find on YouTube. I want to go back a little bit because this this made me think of something when you're talking about um, you bring you're bringing up Earl Hagen. And uh, the, okay, there's a, there's a deliberateness to putting together a good theme song, or you know, uh, if in, in in I think her I think I think Hagen scored a lot of the episodes of his shows. Oh yeah. But the fun one of the fun things you'll learn when you read John's book, folks, is for for every example of deliberateness, there are a lot of happy accidents, and <laughs> and in. The Andy Griffith show was sort of a happy accident, how, how Hagen came up with that. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Knowing that this assignment was coming up, he had spent sort of months sort of thinking about what would work for this sort of quiet North Carolina town um, with this kind, you know, uh, sheriff in town and his little boy. And it escaped him for a long time. And then finally he thought thought to himself, well, here's a here's a simple tune that maybe ought to be whistled for this little this small town and these lovely people 
that we're going to be watching every week. And uh, and so he came up with this, and he whistled it himself. It was just a small combo. Um, and, uh, of course, everybody can whistle that theme themselves now because we've sort of, uh, we're sort of conditioned from the yes. time we were kids, uh, and it's, it's been in reruns ever since. So, you know, the, the, rep- the repetition factor alone would uh, remind you. But it is a great tune. It's simple, and as, as, as Earl said, it ought to be simple enough to whistle. Yeah, and it's, it is as integral to the success of the show and the experience of watching that show as any of the other components. Absolutely, and Earl scored all those shows himself. Um, he didn't, you know, delegate it to some other composer. He stuck with the show, and if you listen to those shows, there is sweet, touching music in so many of those episodes. It is so heartfelt, as the shows themselves mm-hmm. were written and directed and acted to be. Um, and as you say, it's an integral part of the success of that show. Uh, he also did the theme to that girl, if I remember correctly. Correct, because he this. I mean, he worked with Danny Thomas um, for like. Like twenty years, yeah, dating back to the early fifties when Danny Thomas first did his first television show. And and I'm, 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 this is probably sacrilege. There are like there are like two or three different versions of the that girl thing. True, they, they jazzed it up in the fifth year. <laughs> I happen to like the fifth year one partially, <laughs> partially, partially because I was I was uh, there was I I was what four or five when that when that season aired. So it was like the first time I could stay up and watch. That girl. So, because it's the first, it, 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 I, I like it for the same reason I like Dick Sargent over Dick York. He was <laughs> he was my first Darren. So so, uh, but but in in a lot of ways, the original scheme, uh, the original score, the first year, especially when when Marlo is running around New York with her eyes oh, wide yes. open, and, oh yeah, and is in in a way that 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 original thing really captures the show. Oh yeah, and and. You know, and I'm kind of a purist about this because so I'm a first season guy. So Earl's first season version of that girl is is my favorite and the one that I think of as the authentic that girl yes. theme. But you're right; it went through two or three incarnations over the several seasons. But of course, as you point out, Marlo Thomas, the star of the show, is Danny Thomas's daughter. Yes. So it was kind of automatic that that you know uh, that uh, Earl would would come to score that show. Earl Hagen is one of the many great uh, composers for television that John Burlingame brings to life in his excellent book, Music for Primetime, A History of American Television Themes and Scoring, available uh, bookstores everywhere through Oxford University Press as well as Amazon.com. If I remember correctly, one of the themes that one of the first themes that really resonated with you, and not just the theme, but one of the shows that really resonated with you was Man from Uncle. Absolutely. You know, um, I, to this day, it's my favorite show uh, as a kid growing up. Um, the whole spy show genre really begins with The Man from Uncle. It's in the success of, uh, the wake of Uncle's success that you get. Uh, Secret Agent and the Wild Wild West and I Spy and Mission Impossible and It Takes a Thief um, and and even Get Smart, uh, all of which were uh, were successful in the aftermath of the initial success of The Man from Uncle, um, which starred Robert Vaughn and David McCallum as agents of this this uh, um, global peacekeeping organization. So, 
And and so it was interesting to me as a kid who'd grown up watching Dr. Kildare every week in our house um, that the guy who wrote that music also wrote the music for The Man From U.N.C.L.E. Well, at that point, I was just hooked on Jerry, <laughs> on Jerry Goldsmith. Yeah. From then on, I was a Goldsmith aficionado slash nut. Um, and he scored the opening episodes of The Man From U.N.C.L.E. And I still think it's one of the great spy show themes. And um, Jerry Goldsmith is also one of the people that um, uh, John brings to life in music for prime time. One of my favorite stories in the book, and this goes back to happy accidents. I doubt Jerry Goldsmith would want, uh, would, would want to be known for this uh, <laughs> if he were still around. But one of, his, one of his most lasting themes was the theme to Barnaby Jones. Which I understand he didn't care for it. I mean, he didn't he didn't care for the show. He cared for the music, but he didn't care for the show. <laughs> and it's a great story, uh, and and wonderfully told. And we'll get to that story on the other side of the break. John Burlingame is with us in the studio. John's latest book, Music for Prime Time: A History of American Television and Scoring, not only connects every conceivable genre of television to the composers who made those shows so memorable to you and me, but paints revealing portraits of the music makers themselves, including Jerry Goldsmith. Music for Prime Time available in hardcover from Oxford University Press and wherever books are sold online. We'll continue our conversation with John after this quick timeout here on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash TV Confidential, x.com forward slash TV Confidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you. 